is derived from the leaves of the coca plant. When cocaine enters the body, it has a strong effect on body functions by acting as an it on the brain. Large overdose of cocaine causes convulsions, then death. Cocaine causes unusual and often unpredictable feelings and actions. In his ignorance, Marty took that dare, little knowing the eventual horror that lay in the deadly white powder. Marty, have you seen the painting shears I bought last week? Can't seem to find them anywhere. Okay, here we go. Ooh, I love this background music. It's so great. Shout out again, Gadabeed, for letting me use this uh, awesome song and not the generic countdown weird stuff I got for free. I'm not complaining, but it was not as cool as this song. Anyway, welcome. You are listening to Kiss Recovery 101. This is Bridge Sky. Hosting tonight, and it's the, one of the special editions, monthly uh, episodes, uh, Risky Relationships. And tonight, ooh, it's going to be juicy tonight. We are talking about rebounds, rebounding. I, uh, and I titled it the Rebounding Rodeos because you might be the rebounder, the reboundee. Both y'all just rebounded together. It's uh, it's risky. <laughs> Anyways, so my co my well, signed up to be co-host, regular co-host for these special monthly editions. Couldn't make it tonight, last minute, and I totally get it. Shit happens. So, Ange, still love you. We'll make a be- plan B and a plan C for next month. But I'm so happy to say I got to fill in on the fly. This person has been on my show now a couple times, and she's very much feisty and blunt and real and authentic. 
authentic, and I think she will do a great job filling in for Edge. Do you want to say hi? I'm going to go ahead and unmute you, and hopefully, oh, she muted herself. So I can unmute myself too. <laughs> Sarah, you want to say hi? Yes, hello, Sarah here, and just going to touch base that I'm really happy actually to be here tonight. Uh, Joining us virtually. Yes, and surprisingly, I'm actually, I'm so grateful for this because my day and weekend and this whole week has been so chaotic that it's nice to have like a, like an hour just to sit down, honestly, and be like, ooh, okay, something other than what the hell's going on in my life. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, and thank you so much. It's so nice. I'd, I would not want to have this conversation in a room by myself. I need to bounce these ideas. and I've been doing so much research the last few weeks that I need somebody else to bounce this off of. So thanks, Sarah. Okay, I don't know if you got a chance to read the post, so I'm going to read the post just so anybody, especially new listening, KISS is a fun acronym. Keep it simple, stupid. So we're going to be talking about risky relationships, rebounding, what that even means, and keeping it simple, straight to the point. Um, what's great is with this monthly uh, episodes, we don't do the hot seat. No point. In, no need to do that. Uh, what I throw in now is pro tips. So that's great because some of this stuff um, I found researching was great to reflect on myself, but also it's a little bit harsh and uh, it could be painful. It could be a little bit strong. And so no matter what, these are pro tips, professional tips that I got. Okay. Not just my, I do definitely put in some of my, um, my, from my own learning experiences and Sarah, please, you're welcome to do that as well. But the reason I do the show live is I want the interactions listeners. So it is live. If you have questions, if you have shout outs, if you have opinions, uh, if you have insights, please chime in. I'm all about that. So the post tonight, if you did not get a chance to read it, um, and if you are listening on YouTube, please subscribe. And if uh, it just helps, it just helps spread the word. I'm trying to this year. My intention is to get the to carry the message a lot further. So anyway, Episode 2, Rebounding Rodeos. Your ex is an ex for a reason. Why do so many go back to relationships that didn't work the first, second, or third time around? What if you discovered you're the one they are rebounding with? Or worse, you know this person that this, oh sorry, you know this is a pattern, but you don't care. And you can't seem to stop. So awareness of this unhealthy pattern can help you see the red flags for a cross addiction that's just as risky as substance use or just as deadly. What, what do you think of that, Sarah? What do you think of that whole you know, post there? No, I think it's a great uh, post. I also think the topic and this whole conversation is actually kind of something that should be a little more um, talked about, actually. I feel like the only time it ever gets brought up is the cliche, like, oh, you just like he or she's just a rebound. And everybody mm. knows what it is, but nobody takes the time to actually talk about it and what's going on underneath. Because I think a lot of it comes from people being super insecure. I think they're uncomfortable with their self or jealous of another person and suffer from massive codependency issues. Mm -hmm. So I just think 
there's so many underlying characteristics with it that it's a great topic just to open up the door and just kind of explore on it. Oh, I love, oh my gosh, you're, you nailed it. Like, this is going to be really hard to keep to an hour. <laughs> We're going to try. Uh, definitely, there was, there's so much to it. And definitely looking at myself and my past and looking where I sit today. But I think the hard part is that I passed, I didn't even realize that was a pattern. And then now when I sit today and I'm, I'm seeing it over and over again, how do you even, how do you even like bring it up to somebody uh, and not be hurtful or bring it up in a way so that, you know, it's out of passion and really trying to, you know, plant a seed. <laughs> so let's actually here, here's a, here's a definition. So what is actually a rebound relationship? So if you go to verywellmind.com, they say a rebound relationship is defined by being in a relationship based on a reaction to a previous relationship where one or both members are still contending with issues raised by the past breakup. I think that nails it. <laughs> no, I um, definitely think that nails it. And that's, that's it. It's just, it's the whole process of moving forward in an unhealthy manner. Right. So, Sarah, I'm going to ask you, would you say you've ever been a person that's been the re rebounder, rebound, accidentally become the reboundee? Or was it a place where you didn't care if you were the rebounder or reboundee? You know, that's actually a very good question. I was just kind of thinking that as we were, as you started this, I'm like, <laughs> shit, where, am I, where do I lie in this? Um, I would have to say, I think I've been the person to rebound but not mm, that's really hard to answer sorry just give me a minute to like phrase how I want to word this um I'm sure I've been the person that somebody has used as the rebound like mm -hmm. they were still with in love with somebody or they just couldn't sit with themselves long enough that they needed company to distract them and I was okay with it because at the time, you know, I probably needed distraction myself. Mm -hmm. So in terms of doing the rebounding and, and finding somebody to be a distraction for me, I think I did a really good job of that with my addiction. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I've heard that said by many people that you could be, I kind of was for sure in a relationship with my addiction. <laughs> I was, I would, that was my go-to. That was my rebound. And it's hard for me because I feel like a lot of my relationships that I have been in, they've all been very significant length relationships. So to, to say that I've bounced around is, I guess, a little bit challenging, but definitely, yeah, I think I've seen it from being the person that somebody's come to. Right. Oh, it's Sylvia. Aguirre says, good question. Got me thinking. Okay, I actually want to challenge the listeners because, Sarah, I think where this is going to be tough is I also have never been like from one relationship to the next to the next. I had two significant long-term relationships with both. Had, I had my children's. And then there's one that was about a year and a half. But between each of those relationships, um, I definitely took that time to be by myself. I didn't jump into, now I have a very close family member, sibling, 
that it was like sad because it it's it's been this like holiday joke. Oh, who's the guy? Who's the new guy going to be this year? You know, inviting over for Christmas, and it really got sad after the fourth or fifth year when it really literally was a new. And it wasn't just a person I'm hanging out with. Oh, this is my new boyfriend, and I just we all started to feel sorry for the guy as as well as my my family member. Um, but, you know, like, I definitely would bring it up, try to bring it up with her in a compassionate way. I definitely wouldn't make fun of her. But um, she got very defensive, you know. And uh, so it was really, you know, I'd leave it there at that time because I didn't know how to address it. And so, oh, Sylvia says, I had no idea I was always the rebound without permission. Ooh, there you go. See, there's so many points to this. So, um, Sarah, if you're interested, so I, I've, uh, there's just so much information, but I have fantastic resources. Um, and one of them is I found the stages, rebound stages. So this is really, um, I bet we're going to have a lot to talk about on this because I found pretty brutal, actually. Are you ready, Sarah? Yes, I would love to hear what the stages are. And, you know, it's so funny that you talked about the co- the confronting being the person that sees it as an outside perspective. Cause I feel like it's so easy for all of us to, to be that, you know, person to red flag a situation and be like, because it's not us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also think it is a huge challenge in calling somebody out. I know when I had my time as a house manager, it was very difficult in the terms that, when they first came into my house, the ladies, I'd try to tell them, you know, don't be jumping into a relationship within X amount of months. Right. Like focus right. on yourself, do these things for yourself before you get that distraction. And I would have, you know, some of the ladies come in and they would jump into a relationship right away and lose yep. track of their treatment or their recovery. Yes. 100%. All of it just thrown out the window and now pouring all their time and effort and energy into something that just makes them feel good for the, that time being. Oh my gosh. That's such a beautiful point. And that, okay. So uh, let's, okay. This is why it doesn't, it's hard to say, cause I could definitely align with this. So I necessarily wouldn't rebound into relationships, <clears throat> but I definitely distracted myself with interactions or short term coexisting it definitely became a cross addiction where i would find comfort and distract myself with the company of another person per se several and it was not healthy and i think that you made a good point uh, sylvia said oh she's had three relationships and now just stayed single as of four years yep that's where i'm at right now going on two loves this proud topic of agree. yeah you- um I tell you all the time, Bridge, you are an inspiration to me. And I, I think it makes you so much more in, like empowering to other women, especially in your role as a CPRS and as a mentor and as a sponsor to have that experience, that lived experience to, to honestly say, look, the relationship's not what is important. It's your recovery. Mm-hmm. And I, I live that out loud right now. Oh, that's great. Yes. You know what? And I did is like I accidentally fell into a relationship with myself, but with mostly, you know, with recovery and myself, like, you know, I would I definitely had no problem not being in a relationship. But when I finally realized, like, this is a time 
this last relationship that I was in, you know, it was a year and a half, I could sit and say to myself, I know I did the best that I could and it wasn't good enough. And I had a mentor. He actually was the one that advised. I remember him first saying to me, and when anybody would say to me, I think that's why I kept just jumping in and out of those casual relationships was because, yeah, the first go-to is, no, you don't date anyone else. No, you can't see anyone else. No, you get in a relationship. Well, I hated myself. I didn't want to be in a relationship with myself. So I remember when my mentor, who at that time now I was finally taking recovery seriously and really trying to get, you know, in a relationship with my finding myself, you know, um, when he said, you know, it's going to take time. You two, and at that time I was in the relationship with him. We were in recovery together. He said, you need to take at least, you know, a good amount, six months. How long have you been together? He said, now take that and cut it at least in half. That's the amount of time you should at least take separate. And you work on yourself and he work on himself. You know, it doesn't mean that you guys can't, um, you know, stay on good terms. But at the end of the day, after that, you guys can come back together. And if you've healed and worked on each other, it can actually really work. And unfortunately, I was like, this is a great idea. And unfortunately, the for well, I mean, actually, it's fortunately, I can say now, but right off the get go, I was like, okay, we had this great conversation, we're going to take this time to heal and grow. And within a couple weeks, he was right in another relationship, moved in with her and everything. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't think there's going to be any chance of us coming back and trying to, because there is no time for healing. In fact, I think you made a point just to do that to hurt me, but I didn't focus on that. And that's why tonight oh, the pro tips are going to help. <laughs> I think jealousy and spitefulness without the intention of like, I think it's a subconscious thing to seek out the validation from somebody else to rub it in the face of the person they really want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like an instinctual thing. So I think jealousy is a big motive in rebounding 100%. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, let's get to Okay, so here's here's some really great information and I'll I'll post the links to these websites and these resources that I share but it says this is really good stuff to know and they it does make sense. So rebound stages. So there's five here. It says stage 1. The the pick uh the pick a low hanging fruit stage. Ooh. So I think that means the pick a low-hanging fruit was... That literally speaks for itself. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we know what that means. We don't need to get into that. And that's definitely, I've been a victim of that. Or I was on the other side. That, that word Sylvia was saying, you might not know that initially, right? But taking what you know, like, there might have been some earlier connection. You might have had a previous relationship. You might have, whatever. Um, stage two, the honeymoon stage. Again, I think that kind of speaks for itself. The mushy stage, you hear about that. You know, after you get married, you yeah. have the honeymoon stage. I mean, right in the way, Real it's dead. a new person. Yeah. You yep. guys are loving each other. It's all rainbows and flowers. Yeah, right. Okay. Stage three, though, is called the comparison stage. Now, this is where you can go on YouTube and find tons of videos about this stage. And it's icky. What do you think the comparison stage means, Sarah? You know, that's so interesting that you would ask me that to try <laughs> figure it out. Because I, I literally am sitting here, I'm like, comparing what? The person yeah. to your other person? Correct. Yeah. So what happens is whoever they jumped into that relationship with really quick, no matter what, they're going to be comparing that person to their previous, good or yes. bad. And, oh, Facebook user, let's see, we got 
hey, let's hear the stages, hola, um, honeymoon, have it hit this one, comparison without our egg. Yeah, so comparison, so no matter what, even if they hated you, even if, you know, they rebounded and they, it was definitely like a good thing and, um, I mean, it was a good thing to end that relationship, but they jumped into another relationship. No matter what, this poor next person is going, they're going to, you know, where, how they do or don't do something. They're going to be comparing them to that person. This guy, this, there was a video about even just kissing and um, or how they cook or how they laugh. I mean, it eventually, like, the, the fluffy stage gets over and in their mind, they're going to compare that person and the things that their behaviors with this new person, which is scary because there's a lot of, um, if you go further into it, you can see like if they zone out a lot or if they're always talking about their ex. Okay, we'll move on though. But I would yeah. say definitely <laughs> that happens. You know, I, I, I would say when I was in some of these casual relationships, 100%. I mean, my second relationship that I was in, you know, after my marriage, um, I definitely jumped into this casual thing. And I said to the guy, you know, like this, I'm just dating and casually, you know, no serious nothing. And um, literally it got to that point where, yeah, everything he did or said, it was a comparison. And I didn't want it to be that way, you know, good or bad. I'd be like, oh, see, he's so much better. Oh, oh, see, that's really annoying. <laughs> My ex would never have said that, even though he's an asshole, he never would have said that. You know, I don't know, it's terrible. Um, stage four. This one I, I went I want to go into further. So stage four, the conflict stage. So instead of working on their issues with their ex or working through their own emotional baggage, they tend to assume the problem was that their ex was the wrong kind of person for them. Interesting. So the conflict, I'm guessing that's within themselves and uh, probably right within that new relationship. Baggage, right? Everyone says, watch out for the baggage, which mostly I think a lot of times is emotional, but it can be financial baggage. It can be, you know, mental baggage. It could be all kinds of things. What do you think about that? The Where it says, you know, they tend to assume that the problem was the ex, and now they're kind of finding out that that's not the case. You oh, know, there's our first alarm. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think it takes a special kind of person. However, I know quite a few of them out there um, that still cannot see their side. And it's not, I don't know if I'm not trying to be judgmental here because I can throw myself under this bus. Until I came into recovery, I learned how to sweep my side of the street and take ownership for my shit. I certainly, like, I may have been aware, like, or known that I've contributed or did a little bit, but it was definitely always the other person. Mm -hmm. and, until I was able to obtain this new perspective. Right. And I think that's just natural for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, it, especially... If someone says to you, like, or if you notice, uh, for me, if I notice the other person is sure talking about their ex a lot, ding, red flag. Yes, big red flag. <laughs> the, you know, like, I don't, I mean, even just meeting someone maybe to consider, you know, going on a date or whatever, if all they want to talk about is their past relationship or what a bitch they were, I'm like, I know I'm going to be that next person they're talking shit about, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You just nailed it. 
Um, let's see. Facebook user says, I haven't dated since we broke up. Not looking to get back with her or start another. Yeah, that's what's up. Ding, ding. Um, another one says, I'm baggage gift wrapped. <laughs> like, I I love that because, like, I think I still have, We all have our baggage, you know, 100%. At least I'm working on it. Right? Okay. And then, okay. But to, let's get to the final stage and then we could. We just had our first alarm, which means we're getting close to. I do have a clip that I think is really hits home to where we can start. So the pro tips, you know, keeping it simple. So when I did the research, it was really hard to find anything on rebounding in the recovery community. So I either found videos on like from treatment centers or clinical folks, just basically, you know, saying, you don't re don't get into another relationship. You need to work on yourself, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they go into like, what we always hear anyway we've already heard from our family and friends we already know these things right and then there was the other videos where it's from like love coaches there was some really great ones but as a person in recovery and remembering myself where i was in such a dark place like these i couldn't find anything that would have worked that worked for me would have worked for me back then because i was already in such a dark place that to even get to where these videos start people at, like normies or whatever, you know, not having that previous, you know, mental health stuff going on, the physical um, symptoms coming off my addictions, you know, like you throw those into the mix. Like I couldn't even tap, like these videos were hard to find. That's why tonight I'm going to give out key things that were from where I was at in a dark place that with these pro tips get least were relevant so again that's like i think that's why i like doing the show is you know a lot of stuff that's out there it was hard to apply to myself because um coming in the gates i had a lot of uh stuff that needed to be unpacked you know i think it's interesting too and i'm just gonna chime in and hopefully not take too long explaining this but I think it's interesting that people can go into the rebound stage and not see themselves what they're doing. And even though I know there's so many people that love to tell everybody what to do, like don't get into relationships, don't do whatever, whatever. And we all know it. We've all heard it. We've all either said it to somebody or have had it said to us and we all go, uh-huh. And then it that's it goes in mm -hmm. one ear out the other because nobody actually takes the time to sit down and have this conversation of hey I see what you're doing like you're you just want somebody to fill your cup for you and you don't have to think about anything but that's not gonna last long and it's gonna end mm -hmm. poorly down the road if you can't mm -hmm. work on filling your your own cup first right but and going at it in a in a like so my original couple of mentors that were trying to do that you know they would say that to me and in my mind I'm thinking um, I'm gonna prove you wrong you don't know me I'm d blah 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 and the, so uh -huh, I think, uh -huh. yep, uh -huh. <laughs> and yet and where I sit today and now when I'm working with people yeah like you were saying I'm trying to you know let them come come to that realization on their own you know what is it in this new relationship that you just popped into 
that you are getting, what are you getting from this, you know, and picking that apart and really breaking it down to, oh, okay, so this is what you're getting from that. And this is what, okay, this is how that makes you feel, you know, like helping see what I didn't see for so long was that I was trying to fill a void. I was trying to fill that emptiness. I was trying to find love and value in myself because I didn't, from somebody else, because I didn't have it within myself. Yes. And that's why I love so much. I've heard you quote this quite a bit, but the, when you're jumping into a relationship to kind of come down with like a list, like five things that you want in that person that you are seeking, whatever mm-hmm. it is, list five things. And then before you go out and find that person with those five things, make sure that you can do that for yourself first and then see if you still want that person. Right. And what happened for me is when I did that, I made this amazing list. And then she was like, okay, so guess what? All these things on this list, go ahead and make yourself that person. And once you're that person and you feel like, you know, you are those things, then you're free to relationship, whatever, all over the place. And what's funny is once I really did become those things, (laughs) I've been sitting here, what, two years single now? or longer, like I didn't need to anymore because now I valued myself and I correct that. I like, yeah. So it's, it's wonderful, but it's great to list those out, like have those, have it right in, had it right in my face and really see, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm definitely not the financially stable right now. I'm definitely not like confident. I definitely don't feel, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it was nice to, it was kind of rude, but brilliant. You know, and I needed that. Very brilliant, yes. Okay, and then stage five, and then we're going to play the clip quick. Oh, we got some more interactions. Let's see, this is, that is bizarre. Bridge, you had me at smoothie. <laughs> I think that might be Eric. Um, Sylvia says, I know I may sound shallow, but I agree. For me as well, I always try to make my person happy, and I do not believe in cheating. Yes. See, that's where I think I'm staying single right now is like, it's my final, it's finally my time where I want to be selfish. And if I bring another person, you know, those cold nights, it would be nice to have a companion. But my immediate go-to as a, like, just a a want to, I just want to take care of everybody. I immediately put my partner's needs above my own. And if that person uh, takes advantage of that, you know, like for me, it was hard to, notice it right away because I'm just doing all the things showing them how much I love them and initially they always I would always receive that and then it fades out and I wouldn't catch it before so definitely um you know like and again I'm just not in a place for <laughs> wanting a relationship but I have I have this awareness now okay so stage five sorry Sarah stage five the cycle continues stage it's called the cycle continue stage okay this is the last stage of the rebound relationship stages at this stage your ex realizes that the hole they initially had is not really filled at all it was filled initially with the superficial excitement of a new person but it could never really last consequently notice that they're feeling as empty as they were in their previous relationship or when they first broke up with you. So why does the cycle continue? Because at this stage, they reach a place that is similar, if not the same as the place they were in when they first decided to pick a low-hanging fruit. It's kind of mean, but anyway. That place is crying out for them to process their emotions and to detach 
or heal from the breakup. If the pain they feel about their ex and about their new relationship is finally burning enough that they are forced to grieve the attachment to their ex, then they may end the rebound relationship. <clears throat> you know, sorry to cut you Go off. Go ahead. I'm jump in yes. here real quick too. I have. I wish I had this with me, but there is a quote that I absolutely love. And along the lines, it is something like this: that it is okay to feel sadness and grieve, or allow yourself to feel all those emotions that come when you lose somebody, mm -hmm. because it means that your feelings were genuine; they were real. What you had and what you experienced was an authentic moment. Yes, and that is something that you should actually take pride in. Like, you know what? I'm going to feel sad and I'm going to actually eventually let the sadness turn into maybe gratitude or appreciation of the fact that I was able to give that love or have that experience for that moment. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. One hundred percent. And I think the key thing and that's definitely going to be brought up later on is not to do it alone. Right. So that I wasn't processing any of my feelings or any of the hurt or any of my baggage with anyone. So, of course, I was never going to fill up, you know, my cup. And Sylvia, again, shout out. She's bringing up good points. She said, yeah, I think they saw me as a really easy target and just took advantage. Boom, like 13 step. And like, that's why I get so upset, especially in our recovery community, when people who know the program prey on newcomers or newly, I say newly out of relationship people. Because that yes, we're in that a... grieving process and they know yes. what they're doing. They're predators. Yeah, terrible. 100%. That's a whole nother topic that we Yes, <laughs> yes, that might be next month. This is okay. <laughs> uh, just to round it up and then we're gonna do a quick three minute clip, but um, it does say, I just wanna, this is great. Um, if you go to, so this, the stages that I just talked about, can, you can go to the feminine, feminine slash rebound relationship stages anyway anything we talk about is men or women by the way <laughs> there's no um it's i think it's for both sexes all sexes uh, but anyway it says <clears throat> but they may also not end relationship okay so they're talking about this rebound relate they're in this rebound relation they may they might realize they need to grieve right they might realize that they actually need to process the emotions you know when the common denominator as you're going through relationship to relationship, relationship, eventually uh, it's hard not to figure out that you're the common denominator, right? Um, but they, instead, they may stay in that rebound relationship and keep the toxic cycle going. For a lot of people, they just don't understand the importance of grieving. So I think that's key. I actually have two folks in my life that keep going back to that same unhealthy relationship and definitely Sarah you said the key word there codependency and either of those people they, they, they don't want to work on themselves they don't want to heal on themselves and when it's back to honeymoon or forgive oh I'm never I'm gonna change and they've changed and then it's right back so uh, like I would ask specifically well what what's different like what what really changed like you say they said these things but physically you know like what kind of work actions have they done you know Oh, let's see. A Facebook user says, before recovery, my perception was I was defined by the relationship I was in. After recovery, I know that I deserve to be defined by who I am by myself. It's been a wonderful feeling. Oh, yes. 
Oh my that's gosh. Good. That's that's perfect. Yes. And someone said in quotes, we grieve because we love. How lucky we are to have experienced that love. Oh, they just nailed just what you Beautiful. said, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly put it beautifully. Yeah. Okay. So clip, here we go. I'm gonna play the clip and Ooh, I got scared there. I had a screenshot and it was showing the screenshot showed a different time and I was like, oh my god, we only have eight minutes. How did that happen? Okay. Anyway, so this clip, <clears throat> I'm gonna play the end of it. I it's ten minutes. I'm only gonna play the last um, couple minutes, but I encourage you, especially the first part of this video, you can find it on YouTube, listen to that, it's huge. Um, I was actually gonna play that one, but it felt like it kinda, the last part of this video really more in tunes to what we're talking about. But if you go on the channel's Motivation Arc, it's called, they actually just released it a day ago, so. It's the most eye-opening 10 minutes of your life. Here we go. So I'm only going to give you a couple of minutes, but I would like feedbacks on this. Here we go. Friends that say they want the passion back in their relationship. Do we, does anybody here have a friend that would love passion or connection back in a relationship? A friend that tells you. Anybody have a friend that tells you they want passion or connection in their relationship, but they're, they're on Facebook looking up old high school boyfriends or girlfriends, DMing people when nobody's knowing. I know a couple people in my life that see they want in front stage, they want the connection, they want the love again. But when no one's watching, they're kind of doing the stuff that derails that. People who say they want to be in the best shape of their life. This is the year. I want to be healthy. My kids deserve me to be healthy. But when no one's watching, they skip the workout or they go to the gym, but they sit on their phone the whole time. And when they should order something a little healthier, they order the something they shouldn't order. But when no one's watching, it's no big deal, right? And then they're telling their friends at lunch, I just don't know why the weight won't come off. I'm in the gym five days a week. I'm eating so great. BS, you're not doing the work when no one's watching. Right? You say you want that business to thrive, to go to another level, but you did all the easy parts. And now you gotta dig into marketing. You gotta let your friends know you're going in this business. It's a little uncomfortable, so when no one's watching, you're working on your logo or the name of your site rather than the marketing that actually gets you out there or the phone call you need to make to close the deal. But you tell your friends it's not working, but really, you're not doing the work you should be doing when no one's watching. You guys feeling me on this one? Congruency is so unbelievable, and that's where values come from. That's where character comes from. I am by far not saying I'm perfect in any shape, way, or form, but I have an obsession now, especially at this phase of my life. I want to be so congruent that if my, my, my wife, my kids put a hidden camera on me for a week and they watch it, like, damn, he does the same stuff he talks about. I would love for you guys to see me at a restaurant having a conversation with my family. You're in the booth behind me and you don't know that I'm, I don't know you're there and you get done and go, damn, that's the same guy I met when we were on camera. That is so powerful. And the reason it's the theme for my kids is, listen, 15 or 13, who has kids? Right? Raise your hand if you have children. In today's world, can they pretty much do anything they want on social? I mean, they can be online. They could find porn in two minutes. They could do a million things. They, at 15, I know my, my daughter has friends that already drink, already do some other stuff, right? They could, and they could lie about all of it, turn off their locations and figure it out. I have to train my kids, that, not train, give them the ability to understand is who you are when no one's watching, is who you really are. I said, you could act perfect in front of me, perfect in front of your teachers, but if you're doing the things when no one's watching, then that's you, God, the universe, your character. And my kids are far from perfect, but they understand core values because of that. So, but I want to
to do the work. When I think about that, when no one's around, I want to do the work to be a better. I, when no one was watching for four days straight, I obsessed them what I was going to teach you today. It'll seem really easy thing, like it's just coming off my tongue. I have this whole thing laid out to get you the results you deserve, you desire, right? I did the work when no one's watching, so now when I'm front stage, it looks easy, looks amazing, but I really got my own notes and cheat sheet here. My daughter and son both pitch. They love winning games. You don't win on stage. You know when you win? You win when my daughter and son are out back. At 4.30 today, my daughter will be with her pitching coach, and she'll pitch for two hours. She'll pitch until her arm hurts. She does that on a regular basis, but when she goes and wins a game, it's because of what she did when no one was watching, so. Oh my gosh, I love that. What are you doing when no one's watching? I love that. And it's so funny because I instantly I'm thinking, okay, what do I do or say? Like the weight loss, going to the gym, doing the thing. And then, you know, because you, I, I feel like it's so easy for people to be like, oh, I sit and complain about something that really you're not putting the work into. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I love that he just calls it out. He, he's like bullshit. <laughs> you're you're full of shit. You don't do what you say you're gonna do. It's actually really funny because I lost what was it thirty pounds this year, mm-hmm. and I was completely honest. Like I told everybody what I did, and because everybody's like, "Well, what'd you do? How'd you you know do it?" And it was honest to God. It was eating a lot of fucking shitty ass food, but then the intermittent fasting like I stuck to that when nobody was around to stick to that no eating time and then honestly when I did eat it was not healthy and I that's terrible but I mean (laughs) but even just those little things it would have been so easy to be like oh you know I just eat like salads and just whatever and blah 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 and right with whatever no I basically fucking starved my ass and then ate chocolate like (laughs) (laughs) but see that's what okay and that's what he talks about that i love is that you know what at the end of the day what matters is being honest with myself you know my character and you know especially when i had 17 years of mistakes and regrets and all these terrible things that i had done and people knew and talked about me when i made that choice and i didn't care what anyone said or thought about me. I made that decision for myself. My word was my bond. And it was the only thing I knew that I had that mattered. And so I made a point to whatever I said, whatever I promised, especially to myself, but especially to my children and the people that I did care about, that was all that mattered. And that was what I was going to do to gain their trust back. But um, mostly for myself to really start to gain trust. And I didn't even trust myself anymore that I had been so lost out there. And so, and then finally, actually understanding what do I value? What are my core values? At 39 years old, Sarah, I didn't even know what my core values were. Well, and you know, I think it's funny because it, it kind of ties in with that whole concept of filling your own cup again. Yes, yes. You know, until you can do that for yourself, seek, like jumping into like a, re- a relationship right away is not going to fill that whatever it is that you're missing. Uh, what was the example he said in the beginning about the relationship, the intimacy and whatever, but yet on the whatever, on like the backside, they're sitting on social media and messaging right. and looking up old. Like, yep. Seeking. Not- 
Yeah. They want that connection. They want that deep, you know, passion and relationship, but they're spending their free time instead of working out, you know, what would make that happen is they're giving that attention and the energy to somebody else, to other people that. Yes. That have absolutely nothing to do with them at that time. Like it, it doesn't even, it's so, that was just such a very good, powerful point that he made and it ties in perfectly with rebounding. Yes. Oh my gosh, we got a lot of interactions. Okay, let's see. Oh, JR's on. Shout out Costa Rica. Hey, JR. He's from the Recovery Revolution. Revolution Recovery. Let's see. Intense. Walk the walk. Yes. And it is so true. We sometimes don't follow our own preaching. Oh, that's 100%. Especially being a mentor. I'm like, here's the things you need. Here's what, you know, I, you know, because they'll ask me for advice and I never give advice, but I'll say suggestion wise, like, Fill your cup, self-care, like, make sure you're putting yourself first now here. And then, then I go home at night and I'm like, yeah, I'm feeding all my kids. I'm cleaning up the house. I'm doing all the things for everybody in the house. And then I didn't even put my, I'm doing the self-maintenance. Like, you enlightened me too. Like, there's a big difference between self-maintenance and self-care. And really taking that intentional time to do things that I love for myself that make me happy and bring joy. Uh, oh, Jesse's on. Jesse Magnuson. He said, "The worst lies, or defiantly, or defiantly, the ones you tell yourself." One hundred percent. Actually, there was a video. It was down to this one, or another one, where they were talking about, you know, it's nothing's gonna change until you get honest with yourself, and that really, you know, or even start unpacking that because I didn't even realize how much I had been lying to myself. You know, I thought I was being honest with myself. And until I found those safe places, um, uncovering that, just being initially honest, and then I could really now, I, I was able to see that I had built walls in my own brain. I was a prisoner in my own mind that I had had so many defense mechanisms up that I wasn't even being true to myself because it hurt so bad. Another Facebook user says, let's see, I, I really relate to what you're saying. I don't even trust the mute button on my phone. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Made me cop. <clears throat> um, Jesse says, are definitely sorry about Oh <laughs> autocorrect sucks. Okay. Yes, I know that. And so he says, You really have to love you. And so that's what I really want to point out, and that's what my pro tips are gonna be about. So, you know, coming off a a, a rebound or just even a casual interaction, I definitely will I'll put it out there like I was a victim. Uh, as a newcomer, you know, I, I, I allowed myself to get taken advantage of and I almost didn't make it back. You know, like I was already in a dark place. I was starting to feel better. And then this person, you know, tells me I'm awesome and then takes advantage of me and then leaves me again. And I'm like, I must really be a piece of shit. And so when I first a lot of these videos that I was trying, you know, doing research with is for I think and not just normally I think it's not just people that don't have aren't in recovery but you know they're walking in they're like you gotta love yourself you gotta you know do these things and I'm like but what if you don't fucking love yourself what if you're not even in that place like that's so easier said than done what if you don't even know yourself so on that note Sarah are you ready for our second segment which is not I don't want to distract you it is not the hot seat folks I'm happy oh. to say, are you relieved, Sarah? Slightly. <laughs> yes. I didn't want no. to be like jumping for joy over here, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, 
because this is a monthly special edition. Um, I no hot seat tonight. In fact, we're doing something even better. I like to call uh, pro tips, and it's called pro tips because it's professional tips. Okay, it's not just like buy suggestions or advice these are actually things that professionals have and i have the resources you can go look out look up i love this sound effect so much easier oh it's really low did you hear it i did actually there you go okay so sarah definitely chime in you did not get to review and again thank you so much sarah for filling in and uh you know last minute and you're the perfect person i think too um, no thank you for inviting me on chime in you're well <laughs> let's just yeah i would i no thank you i did you don't know this is a big <laughs> fill in i was freaking out so you saved me pro tip number one you ready sarah yes okay pro tip number one create a safety plan now i left a little space in there create a you could call it a rebound safety plan you could call it a healing safety plan you could call it a heartbreak safety plan <laughs> So when you hear that, what do you think comes to mind? You know how we have safety plans for emergencies, right? Why wouldn't we have one for breakups when we're grieving? I love that. I think that is why, honest to God, that's how I get out of relationships. I prepare, my mentally prepare myself if I know a relationship is ending. I, yeah, yeah. I do... I do this mentally in my head. I come up with like a game plan. Like, okay, if this happens, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. What can I do? Like what, like I will literally put together this whole, I will mentally prepare and put together a whole plan before a, a relationship is over. So I'm not just sitting there twiddling my thumbs and, and obsessively thinking about it. Right. Well, and I think like initially, if you're the one who got broken up with, you know, it's like instant. And the stages of grief are so important. Like there's grief recovery that I work on, you know, and they talk about you get you hit the sadness, you hit anger for a long time. Like a lot of people can sit in that anger for a long time. Um, but once you get over that anger, like for me, anger can be healthy and a high point. Like I don't need nobody. I'm moving on. But at the end of the day, anger is a bodyguard for sadness. And so, yeah, having that safety plan for when that sadness and that hurt really falls in. And so some of the things, you know, that were listed was like having a joy list, you know. And again, I'm going to be the negative man of the show tonight. But when I was at that dark place, nothing brought me joy. Right. My brain, yeah, my body, say, everything was in garbage. <laughs> right. <laughs> That does not work. When your depression has and you're feeling shitty, a fucking joy list is a joke. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Nope. Well, here, you'll like this one. Um, a 24-7, like, a contact list. So, like, I think it's so important to reach out to your family or if you don't have family, friends, people in your circle or get some people in your circle. You have their name. You have the number. You let them know what's going on. You don't have to give them all the juicy details. I'm a private person. I very rarely give all the juicy de any details really um but have them on their name you know their number on this list on your fridge okay um and definitely the last one so this one is a personal one sarah feel free to chime in if you have any other ones when you think of creating a safety plan so it's gonna sound a little dark maybe but it's not that bad just wait for the next one um so there's this thing called the let go box right 
So people, some people call it a god box or a goddess box, but it's things that are heavy that you can write in to, you know, put aside for now and maybe process later with a professional or just let it go, period. For me, though, I actually turned my let go box into like what I did was, you know, I would get nostalgic. I would get like, oh, you know, look at the, you know, people don't take pictures when you're you're mad. People don't take pictures when you're not happy. You only take pictures when you're smiling, right? So pictures would pop up and I'd be like, oh, we had such a great time. Oh, we did have a really good thing going. But in my let go box, what I did was I actually sat down and wrote those moments in the relationship when I was really, really hurt. So there was key ones that no matter what, nostalgia I was having I would read that and instantly my body would feel that pain and that hurt and that sickness you know there was one where it was so bad but me you know moving on letting go living life and then I see pictures all I had to do was take that piece of paper out and read that and I literally could put myself back in that moment so I don't know if anybody's heard that before okay one I think that's brilliant actually Although, what if you are, say, a young teenager, you know, you're in that puppy love phase, and you have your first romance, and and everything seems to be kind of like that honeymoon thing. Oh. And they break it off suddenly. So you don't have those negative memories to recall. Like, all you do have are the positive ones. Does that? Oh, that's okay. That was going to be great because that brings us to pro tip number two. Sarah, are you ready? Okay. Yes. Okay. Number two, unpack your baggage. And the suggestion is to get a grievance journal. Okay. So you might have heard of dark shadow work. Um, In the steps is more known as step four. I recently purchased a grievance journal and it's fantastic because so to to answer your question, oh, gratitude is just a whole other thing. Okay, I know it's supposed to be happy and positive for me. The word gratitude when someone's like, oh, let's talk about what we're grateful for. I just want to punch them in the face. Okay, I know that's within myself. (laughs) Like I vomit when someone's like, let's go. Let's pick the topic gratitude. I'm like, oh, here we go. But um. Okay, hear me out. I've actually, I love, um, because I feel like for me, really finally getting to a place where I could even start healing is I had to vent, I had to get out the darkness. I had to talk about the dark things. So for a new person, a new person to life, maybe teenager, someone young who really, yeah, maybe the relationship was so new and you were in love and quick. I mean, you don't even have to be a teenager, like, Girl, I didn't even get a relationship till I was, it's kind of embarrassing, but I wasn't in a real relationship until I was like 21 years old, okay? Uh, but I didn't mean... No, I'm just saying, but you don't have, you're right, like you don't have any bad memories or whatever to put, to like reflect on. It was all good, so you're dumbfounded. You know, I yes. think you could still list out, yeah, because you wouldn't ask a person, well, what were you grateful for in that relationship, right? No, you can list out the things that you're upset about that you're feeling right now like i would say my first like love crush or whatever when he like broke up with me i can list out well he's a jerk because he literally dumped me for no reason like 
I think he's a jerk because he's going around telling everybody, you know, that, well, you know, whatever. You could come up with whatever. Like, list out the things that you're grieving, a grievance journal that you're not gratitude for. So how you're feeling right now, like, what, how they dumped you maybe, um, how they didn't acknowledge, you know, give you that respect enough. You could pick, I mean, like, it's hard for me right now because you put me in a place of, I, like, okay, wait, it's really hard to remember that. I'm just going to jump in Stage. on this one because yes, I please do, do. <laughs> no, I actually like where you're going with this. I feel like the grievance journal can even turn into more of like an empowerment thing. Like, okay, these are, first of all, if I you like, you know, you were kind of saying they dumped me for nothing or whatever. And it really hurt me. Like, you know, I'm not going to allow anybody to walk all over me. Like, mm -hmm. like you can flip those into empowering things for going forward into yeah. new relationships. Definitely. So, I mean, there's, there's a good way that that can, cause I feel like being sad and eating a pint of ice cream and watch binge watching Hallmark movies works good or writing in a grievance journal for so long, but at some point you got to kind of pull yourself up and, and process it. Yes. And by so, doing, by turning the tables and maybe making it an empowerment move, I think would be beneficial. Absolutely. And so to go along the lines, we're running out of time already, Sarah. So number two, unpack your baggage, which could also mean, so we, we were just talking about a grievance journal, but it could be unpack. Definitely. I recommend unpacking your baggage with a, th a professional, like a therapist or a counselor or someone, a certified peer recovery specialist, or a certified, I don't know if love coaches can be certified, but, you know, someone who's had training, who actually has construct constructive, you know, feedback and wisdom, and, you know, because for me, regular therapists didn't per se work because just venting about it, but yes, I needed, I needed tools, I needed to learn skills. Um, no, what was one of my favorite things for dealing with stuff in the past? And I, I mean, I still do it to this day a little bit, yeah. but literally just ra having a random conversation with a stranger who has no idea who I am, what my situation is, and throwing out things that I'm struggling with. Like, yeah, I just, you know, you could be like, I just got dumped by this guy I was seeing and this X, Y, and Z happened. And they might just have, they might not give you anything. And then, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just a stranger in five minutes of your time. <laughs> but yeah. A lot of times I feel like those are the moments where like key things come up because as an outside perspective who doesn't even know you, they could be like, well, that guy's an idiot because you're super beautiful or, you know, like, mm, and, and it yeah. might be that one split second where you're like, wait a minute, I'm actually gorgeous enough to get any person. And I, you know what, what was I doing in that relationship anyways? Right. Yes. Because in turn, yeah, it's, it's all an inside job. So yeah, unpacking. That baggage, like really sitting down and thinking, okay, I really want to work on myself. Okay, oh my God, the comments are hilarious. Does Bridge have a bell? That sounds like Brett's bell. Yes, I, I love the idea. Because <laughs> it just, it makes, you per it highlights the point. So number two, unpack your baggage. And there's many different ways to do that. And d healthy ways. That's the key, right? That just jump into somebody else to, well, 
bring your baggage along with. Don't let unpack it with you. Don't like, yeah, let it be a person that you're not in a, going into a relationship with. Let it be like a romantic relationship. But how about a friendship? Like, how about a real connection with somebody? So anyway, last pro tip that I have listed, and then we are still going to do my favorite segment of all time is live Facebook memes. We're going to end the show with that. Um, but it says, okay, pro tip number three, learn the other side. Now, this one might be a little weird. Learn the other side. So they're doing this research. It's been fantastic. I found, it's called, listen to this, Sarah. It's called, I get my ex back. Dot com. Okay, so this guy is fantastic. Um, he's French. I want to say his name's Alex Fry Freilander, but uh, he's wonderful. If you go on YouTube, he puts all his stuff out there for free. Um, but I get my xback.com. So he actually has PowerPoints, and it sounds like so. I'm looking at this channel like who who wants to really um get their ex back but then again I'm, looking at, I'm trying to do all, i'm trying to yeah i'm trying to explore the other side you know i'm trying to explore that side of the rebounding and yes i will admit um definitely my second relationship that was really hard to let go of i was truly deeply in love with that person at that stage in my life um and so back then but this guy actually gives like he, he talks about human behavior, you know, humans desire and need for connection, what our brain actually, he even goes into like talking about dopamine and that love is a drug. And like, he gives like, just kind of, okay, so it sounds like you're a person would go on there because they really generally, you know, they want, well, that probably initially is the plan to get their ex back, but he's so brilliant because I think he plants seeds in learning and realizing that no, you don't really actually want to do that. You might find yourself and find that you value yourself and you don't even want to do that. So, um, but there's a favorite quote every time I see his website flash that um, Ange and I shared was from the last episode. Um, it's from Mae West and she says, all discarded lovers should be given a second chance, but with somebody else. <laughs> I love that. That so, is good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those are the three pro tips. And then, of course, um, ooh, there's some more comments. I love you guys. Listeners, they're interesting tonight. This is fantastic. Okay. Um, Bridge, we want the details. Uh, Jesse says, good job, ladies. Go, gotta go give out meds. Oh, he must be at work. I thought he was like, first I was like, go give out, give out meds. What you trying to say? Just kidding. <laughs> Facebook says, this is a good sign having a broken heart it means we have tried for something Ooh, a quote by elizabeth gilbert i love that yes it means you really oh i love that it means you really you don't put your love your love and your heart into that and yeah if you weren't heartbroken then you know you weren't really committed you were really into it invested it into real. it yes yes and then enjoy the show ladies the love drug yes i think love is probably the strongest addiction that there is i think that's why i'm so hesitant into you know investing into another relationship that's why i'm just investing in myself okay so are you ready for the last segment we'll make it really quick too um yes go ahead and take it away bridge we'll just take it as it goes okay listeners this is the last segment it's called live facebook memes and all it really is is through the week I got to tell you, there's not that many funny, very funny ones. They're pretty, well, 
I take screenshots of my memes that I've liked throughout the week. And uh, just on like Facebook, I'm going to share them live. You actually do get to see them. And uh, I just, Sarah, if you can too, please give me your interaction like you would on Facebook. Like, like you like it, love it, um, laugh out loud, and then... Um, you're free to comment, and you got comment. Listeners, please do so. Now, as I flash these to you, I won't be able to see the comments, but I'll really quickly jump back to get anybody's feedback. Okay, here we go. Here we go, folks. Let's just get the banners off quick. Okay, live Facebook meme. Meme, meme number one. <laughs> Sarah, can you see it? I it love that. It makes me laugh every time I see it. It's so cute. Also, made me realize I totally forgot about my kid's elf on the shelf thing. <laughs> yes. So Bad describe it. It's, a, it's an elf on the shelf, guys, standing up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so just facing the wall. Oh, God. Do you want to describe You want me to describe it? Yeah, it's like little shot glasses that, he's, that are filled with yellow. little yellow whatever. Yeah, just... And it looks like he's using them as a urinal and it says, look, yes. 25 cents. Yes. This is brilliant. Yeah, the elf on the shelf stuff. Those people are so clever. Okay, moving on. Yes. So would you say that? Yes, you laughed out loud. Okay. Meme number two. Oh, it's just words. Me, texting boss. We still on for work today? <laughs> boss, yes. You don't have to text me this every morning. We're on for work every, every day, day, Monday through Friday. <laughs> Especially those that have to work outside. Oh, you know what? That's actually hilarious because as a person who works in construction, I feel like yes, me. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine? Especially like the new generations, you know, they're not used oh. to working that hard. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. B number three. I'll go ahead and describe it. So you got um, just four people. Looks like a doctor, a priest. Um, they're all like hand in hand. This part's important. But go ahead and read that. All right. A Muslim, a Jew, a Christian, and an atheist all walk into a coffee shop. And they talk, laugh, drink coffee, and become good friends. It's not a joke. It's what happens when you're not an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I feel like, yes, exactly. I think it's funny and it's aha. You know, because I was first reading this and this was on um, Pam's Facebook page. Facebook feed. Okay, Pam is the founder of Thrive, right? So I'm like, oh my god, what does she got on here? Like, you know what that joke usually starts out as a bad yes. joke. So when it ended with, and it, it, you know, it was not a joke. And this is what happens when you're not an asshole. I loved it. It's like, she yes. got me. She got me. <laughs> okay, meme number four. Now this one is a little, this is definitely harder. So to describe it, there's a woman and a man. Um, they're not facing each other. But from their backs are skeletons that are reaching out for their hands. It's kind of gruesome. It's kind of scary looking. All right. So this says you can't create a strong, intimate relationship with someone who is in the habit of ignoring what they feel or consistently running away from the unhealed parts of themselves. When distance is created between us and ourselves, it is also created between us and other people. Do you know what this mm. reminds me of? What? Have you seen the Burning Man statue of the people with their backs together and the the kids inside of them, like, with their hands together? 
Oh. Like their inner child wanting to read. <gasps> no. Ooh, oh, yeah. Me goosebumps. You, I'll have to find that picture and send it to you. But yeah, you can otherwise just Google Burning Man child or statue, whatever it is. But this is so true, right? Yes. Like ignoring the feelings. Ignore, and that's so runs rapid in recovery, right? We don't want to feel those feelings or process our emotions. That's the last thing I ever wanted to do. But it's so important because, um, yeah, you're just you're distancing yourself from other people. You know, I see a lot of rebound relationships and what they do is they interlock with each other. Right. Especially in recovery. And then they isolate with each other. You know, but it's only a matter of time. It's a ticking time bomb that that shit's going to explode, you know? And nowadays, everybody puts everything on Facebook. So especially if you're a rebounder, you know, it's so clear to see from other people like, oh, weren't they just in a relationship a month ago? What's going on? Okay. You know, and on the other side, you know, so for me personally, I had a couple recent guy friends who i love and i really like you know like i'm not in love with them like i love have love for them i saw they were in relationships and recently got out of them and then they're hitting me up wanted to hang out and talk and chat and i'm like okay cool we're gonna hang out and talk and chat and dutch on this ticket right here like i'm not you know i was trying to be i'm aware that they're getting out of a relationship and i'm gonna be there as a friend as a you know a genuine relationship, but I'm not looking uh, on that dating note right now. Gotta give you some time to heal. Okay, B number five. All my favorite. <laughs> Looks like a dude. Yes. Um, looking into a what would you say? That's a takeout takeout bag, right? Yes. Order yep, bag, like a paper bag type thing. So it says me checking my bag of Taco Bell <laughs> to make sure they didn't forget any of the 25 <laughs> items I ordered. Right. I can't I, help it. I am that person. And I Taco Bell's so cheap. Well, <laughs> and I think it comes from, do you remember maybe 20 years ago when you would go to a Burger King or McDonald's and you had mm -hmm. to check your bag every time because it always, never failed. Oh, they, they always forgot the fries or <laughs> something and I want all my stuffs. And especially lately I've been, you know, like hermiting. And yes. so you're relying on some DoorDash or Good Eats or whatever, Uber Eats, whatever they're called. Oh, yeah. And I hate it when they forget or they canceled it during the order. And they tell me and then I get it. I'm like, where's my stuff? And then they cancel. I'm like, give me my. No, I'd rather have. I don't want any of it now. You know, <laughs> but I love Taco Bell just because, you know, when you broke, it is a cheaper option. <laughs> yes. But it is junk food. Okay. Ooh, my angel's my favorite quote. All right. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel, my mm, angel. Yes. That is absolutely brilliant. I actually was just thinking about the other day that my memories from my childhood, you know, people always are like, oh, I remember when I was like six years old. And I'm like, man, I really, I can't remember shit. Right. But I can remember, I can remember the feeling I had sitting outside on an autumn day in the web, that specific weather. Like I can, I can bring that feeling or like yeah. the smells back, but I cannot remember specific words or faces or anything like that. 
Yes, and I think some of the best interactions that I had with people was really they were just listening. You know what? Actually, that goes both ways. I've had so many interactions with people, and they're like, I really get so much from you. I've really processed so much with you. You helped me do all these things, and I'm like, I really didn't do anything, honestly. I mostly sat here and just listened and validated, you know? Like, I didn't do any of the work. That was all you. And really, I didn't talk at all. <laughs> okay, but it's true. And I'll be honest, like, the last um, relationship, I know that I did show up. I did the best that I could do. I wasn't perfect, you know, by all means. But there were so many times, and I'm so thankful I had DBT at that time. There were so many times when I just literally put my hand up and I said, no, I'm done. This conversation is done. I need time to process. I am not going to react because I feel reactive right now. And when that relationship ended, I just remember thinking, you know, like, I have no regrets and I did the best that I could do and I definitely know there was moments I feel I didn't even have to say anything I didn't even do anything but I made a point to support that person the best that I could and one thing that I was going to say this is kind of weird but on the pro tips notes sorry this made me think about it you know like music helped me a lot and dbt there's the skill called the opposite to emotion and one of the tools is like so what i used to do when i was young is i'd play what i've said i'd play sad music or i'm angry i play angry music but one of the tools is you play the opposite um, music to the opposite emotion that you want to feel so now especially when i'm hurting or hurt from a relationship i play those empowering songs you know that make me feel like I'm a woman, and I'm strong, and I don't need anybody. You know what I mean? But I just remember having to, like, I remember having to really sit and reverse, like, if I was going into nostalgia, I would do this what I call, okay, again, here's a personal tip that is not a pro tip by any means, is, like, I would fantasize revenge, but revenge not like an evil like i'm gonna hurt somebody revenge on the sense of you know how like people will go work out oh i'm gonna look so hot and oh i'm gonna be so whatever no like for me my revenge fantasy that i would like would help me get over it was like because i would always try to blame myself as i would say nope i remember this key moment that i did these things i remember all these wonderful things that i did and he's my revenge is going to be he's gonna remember that He's going to remember those moments. He's going to remember. He's that, like, like it said on those stages, there's going to be times when he's going to fucking miss me. And I would fantasize about that. Like he's going to miss me. I don't need to know it. I don't need to hear it from anybody. But I know I was freaking awesome in that relationship. And I am a person. I love full all eyeball in, you know, like it, I sh I'm all in and do, you know, I think that's why I get hurt so easily is because, like, I go all in, and when they don't give that back, it hurts. I'm oh, sorry, that was a whole ramble rant. Moving on. Did you want to say something, Sarah? I felt like you were going to say something. This is my favorite meme of the week, by the way. You'll have to <laughs> read it out for, read it out loud for me for a Sure. Second. So it's a, a girl, and she's, like, taking one of those mirror shots with her cell phone she's wearing a winter jacket a hoodie her hair's one of the messy buds she's got some boot boots on and some i can't tell my glasses are on but just some mismatching leggings right it says the older you get 
the uglier you're willing to go out in public. <laughs> I gotta that's point out fact. that that's just me. That that's, is me. If that anybody, is, re- that's facts. <laughs> yes, I've been wearing these green. Yes, they're green. Oh, thanks, Lindsay. By the way, they're her. They were her. She gave them to me. I love them. They're warm. They're comfortable. But they're hideous, Sarah. <laughs> and uh, I've definitely been, especially now at this point. And you know, I don't have nobody like I'm trying to impress any anymore except myself. So I'm pretty hideous in public. At least I try to put on some like mascara or whatever. But like I don't even care anymore. <laughs> so okay, beam number eight. We got three more. This is just words. It says my jeans say. No more snacks, but my leggings are like, we got you, girl. <laughs> so, Minnesota, like Minnesota weather right now sucks, and I am a snackaholic. But I'm trying to have healthier snacks, um, like the cucumbers and hummus or sunflower seeds. Now it was chocolate recently. I'm like, I'm getting a chocoholic thing going on again. I'm not gonna do that. Um, but yeah, anyway, do this time of year. It's so hard not to just throw on the sweatpants and be like, eh, I know I'm cute, but I'm also going to let myself get fat for like, yes. <laughs> and the legging stretch, you know, not leggings. I would say I, I were more like the yoga, whatever, Jimmy, gym pants, but though like light anyway, but yes, I, I, I did put on one of my favorite pairs of jeans and it was hard button in the button. So it's just going to be leggings for the rest of the season. Okay. Last meme. I just thought this was perfect. Can you see it? It says, oh, can you see it? Yes. Be the Fruit Loops in a world of Cheerios. I feel like I already <laughs> nailed that. <laughs> right? Be the Fruit Loops, the colorful Fruit Loops in a world of boring ass Cheerio. Okay. I do like Honey Nut Cheerios, but this is plain Jane EBT food stamp Cheerios. Yuck. <laughs> I'd rather be so sweet and uh, sweet and colorful and tasty. And sometimes it's bad, but mostly it's enjoyable. And that's the point. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Oop, I'm going to run back to the comments real quick. Sarah, thank you again for joining us. Such short notice. It's been so fun. Let's see. Thanks again for having me on bridge. I appreciate it. I love you so much. And Sylvia says, I enjoy, I enjoyed conversating with you ladies. I have to go. Have a warm, safe night. You too, Sylvia. Thank you so much. Oh, when is your next live chat? Oh, Sundays, 8 p.m. Um, and then the next, this monthly is uh, monthly. So next month I'll be focusing on just those risky relationships. And then, uh, yeah, that's a wrap. So thank you, everybody, for interacting. I feel like I know I definitely forgot to mention some things. But you know what? That's okay. I'm going to post all the links, everybody. So make sure... Um, if anything you liked, um, that I talked about or reviewed on, I'm going to post, check the Facebook. I, I say go to YouTube. I'm posting on there too. And then tomorrow, the rest of those platforms will be out. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Okay. Getting into, I have my favorite music to wrap it up with. Oh, here we go. All right. Good night, everybody. 